We're into the 16th episode section of our sermon series called Trailblazer. Church, can you say Trailblazer? Those of you online, can you type in Trailblazer? I want you guys involved online. And um, we are going through these writings of Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And now we're finally into the book of Acts. And, and Luke is a very unique writer. He's a philosopher. He's a theologian and historian, which makes him very unique compared to every other writer in the New Testament. Every other writer in the New Testament is only a historian. So Luke has a very unique writing style. And it, you see some of the, the way he writes is for the reader to, to learn and grow and to build on their, their faith and build in their um, apologetics and build in their, 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 their foundation is what, what, how the way Luke writes. And uh, where we are today is you can turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. We're going to be starting in verse 12 and go all the way to the end of the chapter. I'm not going to read the chapter, but I am going to summarize it for you. So you, got, you can actually follow along um, in, your, in, in the scripture if you want to do that. So we're in Acts chapter 5, and this whole, this whole story, this whole passage starts out with the apostles. The apostles are, are doing what they're called to do, do the good work, share the good news. And, and these are a bunch of Holy Spirit-gifted, Holy Spirit-empowered individuals, and, and, and through the Holy Spirit, the miracles of God were happening. And, and, and they were being so faithful in following the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was moving through them. And, and those that came to them were healed with, uh, that, that, that were sick. Those who had um, captivity or bondages, they were set free from those spiritual bondages or spiritual oppressions. And it was very amazing. This, this whole scene starts out with, with not only was those that were healed or set free from the spiritual bondages turning to God and, and saying that Jesus is king. Those who witnessed all the miracles of God also turned to say, Jesus is king, the Lord of lords, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our heavenly father, is the king of all kings. And, and, and then the word started to spread, spread throughout the land, and this crowd, this massive crowd, began to form. It was huge. And everyone started to bring those uh, that they knew that were sick, and those that they knew that were uh, impure, uh, uh, that, that were tormented by impure spirits, and the crowds that, that, that gathered, and they all came to the disciples and, and to the apostles. And all of them, it says in Scripture, all of them were healed. Or all, and, and all of them were healed or set free. It's incredible. The, the kingdom of heaven, the, for the glory of the kingdom of heaven. It was all in the name of Jesus Christ as king. So as the apostles preach this, as, as Jesus has king, as they continue to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we see law, the next portion of our passage happens with the apostles uh, entering into a time of persecution. As verse 17, it, it talks about all these higher-ups, all these um, Sadducees and the chief priests and all their friends and, 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 and all, all of them together, they saw this as a threat. They became very jealous and because they were the ones that were in power. They were the ones that had um, all the riches. They had all the say. They had all the authority. And then they see these apostles preaching Jesus, that Jesus is the Messiah and that Jesus is the chief authority. And they see these apostles that are Holy Spirit empowered and being used by God. 
And they, they're, they're scared that they're going to make some major changes to the structure of authority. So these higher-ups, this government, they were sick of it. And what did they do? They threw the apostles in jail. This is like the second, maybe even third time for some of these apostles since Jesus has died and rose again. They've been thrown into jail. Incredible. Now, the passage continues on in verse 19 of Acts chapter 5. It says this, But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. And, and the apostles, they did exactly that. They were out in the temple courts. As soon as daybreak happened, they were sharing the love of Jesus. And these higher-ups, what they wanted to do that day, they, they wanted to call everyone together. They wanted to, call, uh, 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 they wanted to have a huge court uh, showing, a huge court case for the disciples to be at the center. And they were going to question the disciples and, and, and basically threaten them in front of everybody. And, and so they had all the higher-ups got together, and they said, go get the prisoners. And the ones that went to go get the prisoners couldn't find where they were. The, the, they went to the, the, the prison gates. They went to the, the, the actual prison doors, and the guards were still there. The doors were still sealed, but no prisoners were in the prison. Then one noticed that they were out in the temple courts, and, and, they, were, and, and they notified the higher-ups and said, these, these apostles, they're out in the temple courts, and they're teaching about Jesus. So the guards, they went and grabbed the apostles, and they didn't use force to bring them into the courthouse. Uh, they were actually, they, they, they didn't use force because they were actually scared of all the crowds um, rioting after them and, and, and stoning them if they used force against the apostles. So they, they did it with, with gentleness and kindness in some sort of way and brought them into the courthouse. And then the higher-ups decided to lay down some law. Let's look at verse 28. It says, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. He said, Yet, he said, Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. And then I love the next scene. You see Peter. Peter, of course, is the one who stands up. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about Peter and, and Peter's boldness. It's been amazing to see the maturity and growth of Peter. And he's still courageous. He's still bold. But he's using wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit to operate and, and to speak with authority. And Peter says, we must obey God, not you who are just men. And then Peter kind of goes off on them. Let's look at verse 30, and 30, and 30, 30 to 32. It says, The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. I'm just going to repeat that last little portion, church, so we can rehear that. The Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So you can imagine this whole scene here now. Peter, who is boldly speaking to these higher-ups, who's speaking with a little bit of, of uh, truth and boldness and, and without you know, sugarcoating anything, um, he's speaking to these angry men, these men who have power and authority already. Uh, that was, they were the government at the time. They were, they were the ones in control. And at the root of their hearts, they are wicked. And the only desire for themselves was to uh, grow their power and grow their riches and, and make themselves more great. And, and they were the ones putting the apostles on trial. But, but Peter is the one who, who's giving them the uno reverse card and saying, I'm putting you on trial and asking you questions. 
So you can see, you can imagine this scenario. And you can imagine what happens next. These, these higher-ups, they are furious. And what they wanted to do right there in that moment was kill Peter, kill the apostles right then and there. Something special then happens next in Scripture. And we hear from one of the higher-ups. It was actually a Pharisee. And this Pharisee actually speaks some sense into the situation. This guy's name was, oh my goodness, church, I struggled with this name this week. I, I had to look it up. I, 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 I had to get the correct um, pronunciation because I know I want to do that right. Uh, my, my late professor, Dr. Roger Strasad, he's instilled that in me, in me, that I have to get these names correct. And um, the pr proper pronunciation is G Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Church, can you say Gamaliel? You know, when I default to not knowing a name, I kind of go back to the old country. I say, uh, and I was saying Gamaliel, you know, it's Gamaliel. That's what I said. It's not correct, I know, but it's Gamaliel. Um, come on, this morning, church, you guys can laugh. It's good. Um, uh, it's Gamaliel. It's Gamaliel. And uh, Gamaliel was known for and, and honored, actually, by all people. He stood up in the court, and he basically instructed and, and, and when he's, he's like a guy, when someone speaks, they listen. And he instructed them, let's take a break, let's have a recess, and then we're going to reconvene. And, and, and during that recess, he starts talking to the rest of the higher-ups. And he's telling these higher-ups, let's, let's look at history. We've had many other people claim, that, uh, claim about their gods or even claiming to be God. Look at, look at uh, Theudas. That's, that's how you pronounce it. I looked it up. Um, Theudas, he had a following of 400. He was killed and all of his followers dispersed and nothing came from that. Remember Judas, the Galilean. He led some people. He actually even tried to have a revolt. He was also killed and all of his follower, followers scattered. Then Oh my goodness, I almost went to the old way. I almost said his name the old way. It's, how do I say it again, Ernest? You guys all got it wrong too. Gamaliel, thank you, Colleen. Points for her. My brother just yelled Gil. Gamaliel. Church, can you say Gamaliel? He ended his soliloquy with a big old boom. And let's look at verse 38 and 39. It says this. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for their purpose is, uh, their purpose, if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. And, and so you picture this uh, incredible court scene and this guy, this Gamaliel, he's speaking and, and people are actually listening. And he actually persuades all the higher-ups to follow what he's saying. Still, they gave some consequences to the apostles before they, before they let them go. They said, uh, yeah, let's flog them first and then, and then we'll set them free. And we'll make sure they say, make sure, we'll, we make sure they'll never speak of the name or in the name of Jesus again. Then they let them go. I, I just like how there's like a quick one-liner in scripture. Oh, yeah, they flogged them first. And um, uh, the apostles then left the courthouse, and they were rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. And, of course, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they were preaching Jesus. They didn't stop, never stop. Jesus the Messiah. 
I think it would be pretty hard to, after being flogged and after having the government deem what you're doing illegal, to just jump right back into it. Jump right back into sharing the good news and doing the good work. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. These guys were Holy Spirit-empowered individuals. And the Holy Spirit is an incredible advocate. I'm telling you, church. So that's the summary of our passage today, and I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts I had, some that I wanted to highlight. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first thing is this, is success story. Church, can you say success story? As many of you know, I'm a sports fanatic. I love sports. I'll talk sports all day. It takes me pretty much all my restraint for every single message not to have my whole message themed around sports, all right? And it's a little bit like Christmas time for me right now because the NBA playoffs are on, the NHL playoffs are on, there's baseball, there's so much going on. Triple Crown was last night. Kentucky Derby? Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you win the Triple Crown. There we go. Uh, Kentucky Derby. Uh, I don't know the horse that won. It was like Mega or something that won. Something like that. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, so bear with me, church. I think what I'm going to put down here, hopefully you can follow with, uh, whether you're a sports nut or not. Um, as you know, like I said, I love basketball the most. NBA playoffs are on. And many, many expert, expert analysts, smart guys, including uh, uh, Caleb Lumumba on the tech team over there, including myself, a lot of us had this idea that the Milwaukee Bucks, that they were a team that was going to go very far. They were going to win the championship. Most people, most people had, uh, most people had the Milwaukee Bucks at least going deep into the playoffs, going far, doing well. What happened was the Milwaukee Bucks lost in the first round. They're out. They're done. And um, what happens after every game is that they actually um, have these interviews for the winning teams and the losing teams, the best players. They have these interviews. And it's always more interesting talking to the, to the losing teams because you want to see how they react. You want to see it, what they're going to say. And uh, the best player for the Milwaukee Bucks is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's from Greece. He's actually Nigerian-born. His family fled to Greece. And he has an incredible story of how he even made it to the NBA. Um, a, a bunch of his brothers along the way. It's, it's just an incredible story. You have to look that up on uh, this week, uh, just about his story. And basically, this interviewer asked a question to Giannis, the best player of the Bucks. He said, is this season a failure? And Giannis was miffed. He was upset. He was, uh, 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 he's got a little bit of broken English, and I don't think his answer totally came through the way he wanted it to. But he was basically saying that, look at all the greats. Look at Michael Jordan. Look at LeBron James, Kobe, Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal. Look at all them. When Did they win every single year? No. Were their seasons failures? Were their careers failures? And he kind of then rambled on for a little while. I think he was more in his head than anything what he was trying to get at was quoting uh, my favorite basketball player, Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant put it this way when he was asked this question about failure. Kobe said, failure doesn't exist. Okay, now bear with me, church, okay? Failure doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. You know, everyone wants to win a championship or everyone wants to achieve their goals or everyone wants their happily ever after. Take your favorite Disney movie. Uh, uh, all the Disney princesses and, and stories, they end with their happily ever after. Look at Snow White. She ended with her happily ever after because she fell in love with her happily ever after. 
Now, if it was a reality, you know, uh, they would probably have some marital moments along the way. Maybe Prince, uh, I, I don't know who it was of Snow White, but the prince that, that Snow White fell in love with, maybe they would have, uh, he'd have to sleep on the couch a couple of nights and, and things like that. That would be more reality. And, and, and the point is, is that your story continues. You know, if you fail on Monday, it only stays a failure if you decide not to progress from that failure. That's why failure is non-existent. If I fail today, I'm going to learn something from that failure. And then I'm going to try again on Tuesday. And I'm going to try again on Wednesday. Every, every loss, every time you fail, they are disappointing. But disappointments are not failures. They're actually necessary for learning, for growth, for development, for self-improvement. And, and that's basically the summary of what Kobe was saying. I think it's what Giannis meant. But Kobe actually got this idea and understanding this root principle comes from Scripture. It's a biblical principle. All of us, everyone here tuning in or in-house, we've all failed. All of us are sinful. All of us are broken. None of us have the ability to make us fresh and new and whole and pure and good. Only the Messiah can do that. I love what Paul says in Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, verse 9 and 10, it says this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Church, we're going to fail. And it should be disappointing. But the story doesn't end after disappointment. We learn, we, de we develop, we grow, and, and we bring it to God. That's the most important part. And that is why you are a, su a success story. And I think we get it wrong a lot of the times. We, we, we sit in the ideas that we aren't good enough or qualified or eloquent or rich or popular enough or, or, or smart enough. We're not, we're not able to share the love of God the way Jesus did or the way the disciples did or, or, or the way we see some of, the, some, some of our favorite preachers do on TV. And I think we tend to allow our weaknesses or, or our disappointments or, or our failures to control us in a lot of ways. It's the mindset that sometimes we have that the church is only a hospital. Yes, absolutely, the church is a hospital. We need the great physician to come and heal us, restore us, make us new, make us whole. Absolutely. But the church is actually so much more than that. It's an armory where believers are equipped and, and, and shared and commissioned to go out and do the good work and share the good news. It's a fuel station where we're, we're after a grueling week of, of sharing the good news and doing the good work. We have to come and get a refill, come get a refreshment, and, and there's a free wash included. It's a safe haven for, for, for all of us, and we know the kids in our neighborhood, the kids and youth in the neighborhood know that this is a safe place for them. People can come to the church and, and ask for resources, and, and most importantly, we can pray for them if we can't provide any, if we don't have the resources in hand. It's also a lighthouse. We're a bunch of faith-filled people who get to go and share the love and hope of God to our community. We get to point them to Jesus. It's even bigger than all of that. The church is galactic. 
It's, it's to the heavens and the earth, and, 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 and God has placed little communities and, uh, and churches and little stations in all the different communities and the different places around the world and the nations around our globe. It's definitely a global empire. And the point I'm trying to get across is that we come with this idea of, of being failures and being broken. And I think as believers, especially here in Canada and Western culture, we still act like that's the case. We forget that my brokenness, my failures, they don't actually define who I am. They don't define my story. Christ has made me new. Christ has made me whole. He's taken my brokenness, my weakness, my foolishness. He's declared me a citizen of heaven. He's declared me a, a Holy Spirit empowered. He's given me specific gifts. I get to speak in authority. We get to operate our daily lives and operate in the authority and power of God. And yes, we're going to still have disappointments. We're going to have challenges in front of us. We're going to fail at times. There's going to be some scary times in front of us. But we got to know that those, those scary times, those challenges, those disappointments, they don't define our story. Our story is now one of victory. Church, can you say victory? victory? Church, there's this old, old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. He gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. There's victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, bought me with his redeeming blood. Church, we are a bunch of Holy Spirit, gifted, and empowered believers. And we need to start believing it. We need to start acting it. Our passage started out talking about the disciples performing signs and wonders. And, and crowds gathered, and, and many were healed, and all were healed, it says. And, and all who had spiritual bondage were set free from those. And church, we all have spiritual gifts. We're all given them. And, and we want to see numbers grow in this place. We want to see uh, uh, lives change in the Esplanade and the, the Canary District, surrounding high-rise communities. we got to start using our spiritual gifts that we're given. You want to see your faith deepen. you got to start using the spiritual gifts that you are given. You want to see the, 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 the church be this representation of a hospital in even, an even stronger way where people are actually coming to, to the church and they're receiving spiritual healing and, and, and physical healing right here. Church, we got to start using our spiritual gifts. We're walking by faith from now on, church in the city. Does that sound good with you? Can I get someone excited in the room with me this morning? Yeah. Amen. Thank you, church. You are a success story. And if you can hear those words, whether you're in person or online, that means I'm talking to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Second point this morning is faithful overcomer. Church, can you say faithful overcomer? Faithful. When you are a success, success story, you've got to expect a few things. There will be some challenges along the way. I've been sharing that over the past few weeks that as believers in Christ, as followers of Jesus... We have a target on us at all times. Maybe you're going through a stormy season in your life, and, and that stormy season is a really tough one, and maybe it's, been, it's taking you down to one knee, and it feels like someone's kicking you in the back. Or maybe you're in a different season. Maybe you're in a really good season, a mountaintop season. The sun's out. It's breezy, and things are looking good. 
You can just, uh, just remember from our passage, just like um, uh, the, the, the higher-ups and the chief priests, maybe, maybe some people are looking at you in the, the season of mountain, the mountaintop season that you're in, and, and, and maybe there's a scenario where they're trying to take you down. Just as the, the higher-ups, the chief priests try to take down the apostles. Whatever the situation may be, it may be difficult. Maybe there's a crazy circumstance that you can never see come out of nowhere and be in front of you. Maybe it's a circumstance from, his, from your past that's sticking with you and, and you, you just can't get over it. You can't get through it. You can't, can't be released from it. You see the disciples doing what they're called to do. They have a crazy, huge challenge in front of them. The weight of the government is upon them. They brought them on trial, put them on trial. I think it's a major challenge. And what I love, what I, I, what I see through Scripture, I don't see a panic in the apostles. I don't think they were even shocked that this challenge came their way. I think they knew that if they continued to preach Jesus, something was going to give. And I think Peter has this mindset upon him that he's never going to fail that way again. He's always going to stand firm for the Messiah. He's not going to make that mistake again. And as the apostles continue to do the good work, they saw the power of God flowing through them and the miracles happening. The Holy Spirit was upon them. And they saw people's lives changed totally in front of their eyes. So this challenge of the weight of the government that was challenging them. I think they actually had a peace upon them. When they're thrown in jail, when, they're, when they were going to stand trial, they knew that their God, they knew that our God would triumph. Imagine this church. God used a Pharisee to speak on their behalf. I think that's a total God moment, God move. Another situation where it's a total God move. He sent an angel to create the best prison breakout of all time. The guards didn't even know that the prisoners were in the temple courts. And, and the apostles, they didn't flee. They didn't run away that they got out of prison. They stayed in the temple courts. They continued to preach Jesus. And, and then through the trial, the challenge, we see the disciples staying faithful. They faithfully call to their their call to share the good news and and to do the good work they didn't they didn't they didn't steer away from it they store they they kept on driving towards it they were holy spirit empowered they used their holy spirit gifts and they stayed faithful and what did they see they continued to see victory and church it wasn't about the skill set of the disciples they weren't some superheroes they weren't rich they had no money They weren't good looking. They weren't popular. They were just regular bunch of people. And and what they did was they were deciding to stay faithful and held on to God, faithfully following the path of the Holy Spirit leading them. And even when things could have seemed really scary or challenging, or when they know that preaching Jesus is going to make their life a little less comfortable or, 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 or definitely inconvenient, they stayed faithful and they are They were faithful overcomers. And as we close today, church, as the worship team's going to come back up, let's be reminded of what Scripture shows us. The power of God that we aren't just a bunch of broken, wounded people, 
that God has called on us, we are actually heirs to the kingdom of heaven. That we are made whole by him, that we are success stories. And it's only because of Christ. And as we have that mindset, we need to be faithfully using our spiritual gifts. We we can't be keeping this this love and hope to ourselves. We've got to be sharing it. Even when there's worldly people, they, when they see the demonst- and, and when they see demonstration of the power of God, even their worldly faith can 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 not deny the one true God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who loves us, wants to help us, wants wants you to succeed. Church, we need to hold on to being faithful overcomers. No matter what challenges we face, it could be a challenge so great that we can't even imagine. We can't even imagine that this happened in my life. It could be a financial burden so big, you can't even, you don't even know where to start. Maybe it's a physical ailment that you have. Maybe it's a mental hurt that you're going through. Maybe it's a spiritual challenge you're facing. Whatever comes our way, we proclaim our God will never fail. Our God will show us victory. And church, even when it feels like we have failed that day, when we lost, we took an L, we we had a disappointing moment. We take it, we learn, we grow, we move forward because we know the next day is coming. The day after that's coming after that. And as we learn, as we grow, as we bring it to Christ, he will make us new. He will bring it to success, to a success. It will be added to your success story. Think about that. Think about how great the challenge you have, how greater of a testimony it will be. Amen, church? Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your goodness. Lord, I just lift up to you anyone in this room right now whatever challenge they are facing, whether it's financial, spiritual, emotional, um, physical, whatever it is, Lord, I pray right now as a step of faith, if there's someone in this room, if there's people in this room right now are going through a challenge and they want to see God meet their need, with all eyes closed, with every head bowed, you can just raise your hand this morning in a step of faith. You can raise your hand if there's a need that that's you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just pray for, for everyone who took a step of faith this morning and, and, and lifting their challenges to you, Lord. Their hurts, their broken, their, 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 their whatever it is, you know the challenge, God. We pray right now in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit upon us, God. We pray healing upon them. We pray for, for, the, for the chains to be broken. We pray for hearts to be restored. We pray for addictions to be cast away. Lord Jesus, we pray for your healing in this place. We thank you, God. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Holy Spirit, guide us here. We give you full authority in this place. Lord God, as we continue our week, as we go forward, let us not go 
in a mindset that we are the tail of the class, Lord, but make us the head of the class. Make us, show us that we are success stories, that you are empowering us, that you've given us a hope and a future, that you love us so much, you care about us, God, that we cannot contain it in our lives. We have to go and share that love and hope with someone who needs to hear it. Give us your faith, God. We know our faith is weak, but you make us strong. Reveal to us your gifts, Lord. The gifts you've given us. Holy Spirit, feel this place. Take over this morning, God. And church, we're just going to leave this place open as a place of prayer. Ernest is going to lead us in a few songs. We don't have uh, any closing time. Um, So if you need to go, may God be with you. May he bless you. We'll see you at uh, one of our life groups or our prayer meetings. You can check those out when they are. We're just going to leave this place open, and Ernest is going to lead us.